The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center. And now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. Vaccine-preventable diseases can be very serious or even be deadly. Vaccination is one of the best ways parents can protect infants and small children. My guest today is Dr. Katherine Gergen-Barnett. She is the Vice Chair for Primary Care Innovation and Transformation in the Department of Family Medicine at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Gergen-Barnett, what are some vaccine-preventable diseases? Tell us a little bit about the state of vaccines today. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. There are so many vaccines that we could talk about in our time together. I think some of the ones that I would most want to speak about today are the common vaccines that people hear about, such as flu, uh, which we certainly are hearing a lot about right now, given the fact that it's flu season. I'll speak more to that. Um, But a lot of the childhood vaccines that I think that people have heard about, but that now we're talking about more, such as measles, mumps, rubella, polio. There's a whole series now for something called HPV uh, that's really important for adolescents. And as you get older, there's also vaccines for things such as pneumonia and shingles. And all of those are really important, and there's even more we could talk about. Then let's go ahead and start with flu. People wonder if they should get their flu shot. And as you said, we're in, we're in the middle of the season. How are the flu vaccines made? Because everybody wonders every year to year whether they're going to cover whatever strains of flu happen to be present th- at that time. That's a great question. So first of all, just to kind of go into the flu a little bit so people understand it a bit better. A flu, the flu or influenza, as some people may have heard, is a virus, and there are many different strains of the virus. And when you get the flu, it can be very dangerous. Now, every year, there are different strains of the virus that we think are going to be more prevalent or more likely to exist in communities. So as a result, before the fall hits and before influenza season hits, we have um, manufacturers of vaccines that are having to predict which kind of strains are going to be more likely, and they actually take those strains as well as the more common strains, and they package them, and then they make them very um, inert or dead kind of uh, strains of the virus, and then they put them in a very safe way of delivering it so that when you get the flu shot, you are not getting the live virus. You are getting something that imitates the strands of live virus so that your body then develops what we call an immunity to those strains of the virus. And when you get exposed to the virus, in this case, the flu, then you actually have the immunity to fight that virus. So it's a perfect way to prevent what can be very, very deadly in some communities, especially for those who are very vulnerable, such as the very young and the very old, and can also make even those people who are very healthy generally 
very sick. And flu is so important to know about and awareness of the vaccine. We want to get through as many as we can today, doctor. So tell us a little bit, because there is a lot of myths about vaccines and parents have concerns, especially with young babies, about multiple vaccines like DTaP and the vaccine schedule. How is that figured out and why should parents adhere to that schedule? Such a great question, Melanie. So um, there's actually a lot of different thinkers that go into this. So it's not just one group of doctors or researchers who come up with a vaccine schedule. It's an internationally um, acclaimed or supported schedule that has pediatricians in it, family medicine doctors such as myself, um, and doctors who just take care of adults all have looked at this. Um, and what we are seeing is, First of all, the United States has the safest vaccine distributor that we see anywhere in the world. We see all of our vaccines go through very, very careful testing before anything is distributed. And then one of the things that I think parents really need to know, and in fact, I'm a parent of three children as well as a physician, so really thinking on both sides of this, is that Children, when they're first born, when we have our infants, you know, and they first come out, they have certain immunity built in, but it goes down very quickly. So, you know, within the first couple weeks of life, even, they no longer have immunity, bacteria. And so the idea that we have to vaccinate these infants before they get exposed to things that could kill them is really, really important. And again, the way that these vaccines are made and distributed, they're put in very, very small amounts that are incredibly safe and tested for children of all ages. Now, I think that one of the concerns that I see in my office and I know people have is, well, is it safe to give all those vaccines at once? And I will tell you that while I support every parent on their journey and what they need to do, we know without any hesitation that it is absolutely safe to give the vaccines on the schedule. And in fact, what we do is we really support that because when you miss a vaccine or when you decide to delay a vaccine, you actually create an opportunity for your child to get quite and you also really need to be thinking about who is living in your community. So not only are you protecting your child, but you may be protecting the person who lives next door who has cancer and is more vulnerable or the older person who is more vulnerable. And we call this something called herd immunity. So not only are you doing it for your child, but you're doing it for the community. Let's bust up a myth right now. People worry about the autism link and vaccines. And I'm glad that you mentioned herd immunity, doctor, because people think, well, I don't have to get vaccinated because everybody else will. And so they have concerns. Just speak about the autism myth and clear it up once and for all. I wish I could clear it up once and for all. And I cannot say this strongly enough. There is no data to support that any of the vaccines are linked to autism. There is absolutely no data. There was one paper that came out that was published a number of years ago that has since actually every single part of that paper has been looked at and actually shown to be false, and it was bad data. 
and there has been absolutely no ability to then show again, which we, is really important in science, because if you have one piece of data that comes out, in order for it to be proven, you need to have other people to replicate it. In other words, get the same results. And there has been no researcher internationally who's ever been able to get the same results. So I want to say again that I, I cannot, I think it's absolutely, um, I want to say immoral. I think it's unprofessional to say the least to say that there is a link because what we're doing is we're putting hundreds and millions of people in harm's way by continuing to bring this myth into the light. And in fact, one of the things that I would like to point out is that there has been declared a national emergency of a measles outbreak in Washington state right over the border from Portland, Oregon, in a community that specifically has decided not to immunize, in part because of some of the myths or concerns that have come out. And it has, again, left children and older people in harm's way as a result of this. And the WHO, in their 2019 strategy for health for the world, one of the things they specifically talked about is vaccines and working on communities where there's a reluctance to bring in vaccines, even with the access to vaccines. Absolutely. I am with you 100% on that. And the measles outbreak is terrifying and also very sad. And when you mentioned older adults, Dr. Gergen Barnett, there are some vaccines for adults and, and adults would, they don't even think about this, but shingles and pneumonia. And even as our teens get older before college, there's meningitis. Speak about how we know what vaccines we should be getting as we get older, because there's so many and we could talk for a very long time about these, but I'd like you to just talk about the older individuals and adults and why it's important that we discuss with our providers the vaccines we should be getting and when. So um, thank you, Melanie, for asking that question. So as a family medicine doctor, I take care of people from birth until very, very old age. Um, and so have these conversations a lot in my office. And one of the things that we you know, all need to understand is that even if you get immunized when you're a child, a lot of these immunizations wear off. So there are certain ones that you need to get something called a booster so that you're protected, and others that you need to get a new set of shots as you get older. So the boosters that we don't often think about or hear about are particularly for um, tetanus that's mixed with something called pertussis. So you may have heard of it. It's called Tdap. Um, and pertussis can be actually deadly. Um, and we now are recommending, in fact, that women who are pregnant in around 27 or 28 weeks get re-immunized for pertussis to protect their newborns. Additionally, I recommend a partner and family members of pregnant people to make sure they're immunized again against pertussis. Now, to move on to the other vaccines that you're talking about. So shingles is something that maybe somebody you know has gotten. It's incredibly painful. People can get hospitalized for it. It comes when you're older. It comes from having the virus in your body from oftentimes from a long time ago. Um, you know, m many of us growing up, if we're at an older age now, 
didn't get the chickenpox vaccination, and so you have the the you know the virus still living in your body. And when you get older and your immune system comes down, you can get an outbreak again of the chickenpox, and it comes out in a kind of way of being very very painful rash that's called shingles. Um, and and so that is absolutely available, and we're really recommending that now over the age of 50. Um, And then the pneumonia shot, which you mentioned, so we actually look at people who have a lower immune system, such as people who have diabetes or asthma or COPD, and we recommend that they get one pneumonia shot earlier and that every get buddy over the age of 65 get a pneumonia shot. And again, that is something that can prevent hospitalizations and serious illness, and even death in some cases. And then the last one that I wanted to touch base on, and I think, you know, like you said, we could speak all day about vaccines, but really thinking about a shot called HPV. Um, and, and you may have heard about this, but we're now recommending this shot and series of shots for boys and girls at the age of 11 and up. And it really protects kids now or as they get older from a virus that can cause cancer. Um, and it's a very, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing as somebody who does a lot of women's health and takes care of adolescents that we now have this available and it protects our young men and women from developing things such as cervical cancer and even penile cancer for men and boys. Um, and we really now start to talk to young adults, 11 and 12, recognizing that this is not something that's going to affect them for a long time. But if we immunize them again at around age 11, it means that we're protecting them for many, many years. Such important information. Dr. Gergen Barnett, wrap it up for us. What advice do do you give parents and families every single day that you want the listeners to take away from this segment about vaccines, the importance of discussing your concerns with your provider and sticking to that schedule and getting the appropriate vaccines so that we're safer as a community? I really want people to be able to have discussions with providers. I want them to be able to go in with their questions. I want people to go in with the ability to have an open heart and understand that all of this is going towards wanting to take care of and protect the individual and family members, um, and also really understanding that all of these vaccines are out there to protect us, and they are all safe. And having these conversations and asking these questions is 100% the right thing to do. And if you have questions before you go see your provider, there's also some very reliable information out there. And I would actually ask you to look at the Department of Public Health wherever you live. They have great information on vaccines. You can get very good information from vaccines, even at a local pharmacy. And the CDC has some excellent information about vaccines as well. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Gergen Barnett, for coming on and for sharing your expertise, explaining to the listeners why vaccines are so important and even how they're made. Thank you again for joining us. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in today.